All right, wrestling fans, this is Brian Jay of the Program Wrestling Radio Network bringing to you another episode of the Program Podcast. Uh, we want to make an announcement real quick. I am very excited. Not only do we have um, a wrestler in studio with us tonight, but uh, next week I am going to be doing an interview. Very excited because the bad boy, Bob Cook, um, who has wrestled for WCW, the WWF. He's wrestled everybody from uh, Ric Flair to Arn Anderson. Uh, I, the list goes on. Um, he will be joining us for an interview. I know that there was another wrestler who was making some waves with a lawsuit against WWE and has now brought his name into the fold. And, you know, I want to... You know, as a veteran of the wrestling business for 30 years, I want to get um, in the head and pick the brain of Bob, who is also a, a Malenko alum and a respected veteran uh, along the scene down south. But uh, just Bob knows everybody. Everyone knows who he is. Uh, just he, uh, he's going to tell his side of the story uh, about some things that have been going on in the news and uh it's going to be a great interview and a great time, so I just want to thank him for agreeing to do that, and we'll talk to him and bring it to you next week. Uh, remember, you can follow us, facebook.com slash program podcast. We've been a lot more active with that page. You can also follow us on Twitter at programwr1. We appreciate the support from anybody. Thank everybody. I want to thank John Campbell from IWE for all the help, for all the support, for putting us in contact uh, with some of the wrestlers that uh, we've been able to meet and and, and more than just being guests on the show, I've made some 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 good some good friends within the business. And uh, a note to Fat Tony Cartier, he had a, a mishap this weekend there during a match or a brawl that ensued and was injured and laid up for a few days. So I want to wish Fat Tony well and uh, recovering his back. He bruised some discs and things. So, um. Thank you to John Campbell. You can follow ImperialWrestling.tk. That's their website. You can check them on Roku at the Indie Wrestling Network. You can check them on Facebook and also Michigan Wrestling Organization because a lot of the wrestlers go back and forth between the two. And tonight, we have a special guest in studio. Uh, you may have seen him around the Midwest wrestling for Michigan Wrestling Organization, uh, Imperial Wrestling Entertainment. You might have seen him on the Indie Wrestling channel on your Roku streaming device or in one of the seemingly millions of <laughs> cities that IWE Battlezone is carried in now uh, or anywhere else in the Midwest for that matter. He is, is it the king of karaoke? Karaoke God. Karaoke God. Preferably, okay. preferably. I'll take king though. That's acceptable. Uh, he is Jacob Mercury. Is it Jacob Braun or Brown? Uh, Braun, like muscles. Braun. Okay. All right. Um, it's a dying for... name, but you know some shows still go by it. <laughs> I just wondered if it was Braun or Brown. Some people say Audi. Some say Audi. Just wanted to be uh, for wanted sure. to be correct. But uh, thanks for joining us tonight, man. Thanks oh, for doing dude, this. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked. No problem. I'm um, in my podcast cherry right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. I. I hit the the broadcast button and my window came up and it said uh, you can now go for eight hours and I thought is oh, this, shit is this a, a, a recording service or is this like a oh man video chat what did I sign up both preferably <laughs> it's a dual purpose um, all right man um, you can follow Jacob Mercury on Twitter what's your Twitter handle since I don't uh, have it really available J Mercury Rising I like it all one word. Which is actually the same, uh, jmercuryrising at gmail.com for booking inquiries. And then Facebook is Jacob Mercury Rising, all one word as well. You came prepared. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, it seems like IWE is getting picked up, like I said, in another city almost every day. Uh, what's it like for, uh, and I, I know I hate to say local, but uh, where are you from? I am from the like suburban Detroit area. I grew up like I grew up in Detroit till I was about eight, I think, and then we finally moved out of Detroit and I moved to a little city called East Point, which used to be known as East Detroit. And for the most part, besides a year in Louisville, Kentucky, I've been here ever since. 
Did you have the mustache when you were eight and you lived in Detroit? Um, fun fact, I did. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. I'm just messing. I've had sideburns since I've been in like seventh grade, so I just figured I'd ask. Um, One of my buddies like came out the womb with a mustache, <laughs> and at first, like I always hated mustaches, and then I wanted to be a bad guy in wrestling, and people were like, like I grew out my mustache as a joke, and people were like, "You should keep it. It makes you look like a dickhead." So I'm like, ah, <laughs> there it is. Like, why not? I'm not gonna say that, but uh, it's funny, man. Mustaches went out of style, and then you know, probably in the last five or six years, even my younger brother, when he was in uh, college, started wearing a mustache. And I'm like, when did you know? Not knocking you, obviously it's your look, but I just thought, man, when did that become fashionable? Yeah, that I just started seeing people everywhere with them. So they are uh, they are it's back in style. Hot commodity. So. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of. Uh, IWE, like I said, has been almost carried in another city <laughs> as you wax up the mustache. Don't watch me, man. I can't help myself. I always have to play with it. It's a bad habit. Uh, again, are we on like a, <laughs> a streaming service or video <laughs> Oh, man. Um, but, uh, you know, what's it like for a guy from, you know, suburban Detroit to now be essentially almost able to be seen anywhere in the country it's different, man. Absolutely, it's a lot different uh, than when I first when I first broke into the business. I definitely didn't expect that I'd just be wrestling in a little TV studio that's aired in you know seven or eight different states now, plus on Roku. Like you know, everyone's like YouTube, 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 of course. But you're like, oh no, you're on Roku, like a product people have to buy. And you're on, like, I mean, it's like local TV, but still local TV in California. Right. Uh, the big channel all over North Dakota, Minnesota. We just got on Manhattan in New York. Like, that's dope, man. It's, that's awesome. It's awesome to be a part of something that's growing so fast. That's cool. And, and the one thing I talked to John, and I think I talked to uh, Mr. Positive, your representation. I talked to him a few <laughs> A few weeks ago. Interesting. I to that one. Yep, yep. You think you think we had issues with tech trying to get on this tonight? You should talk to him about that. Uh, <laughs> we did a complete episode, and then as soon as he got off, uh, I went to thank him for being on, and I noticed that it didn't pick up anything that we talked oh. about. <laughs> so not only did we do an hour pretty much unscripted, but oh, no. uh, it was really good. I mean, I'm not discounting what we wound up with because the half right. hour we ended up doing was cool, but... The first hour was really good, and then we wound up with like the stepchild half hour. So right, that sounds but uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, you mentioned breaking in. How did you get into the business? And actually, what are your earliest memories as a, a wrestling fan? All right, um, we'll do earliest memories first. Um, earliest memories. I was never like a big WCW person. I was strictly WWF. Um, but my most like fondest memories were probably uh, Chris Jericho's debut, The Countdown, um, The Radicals debut, where they beat the crap. I'm gonna, I talk like a sailor, so I'm trying to be real like low-key here. Um, so they beat the crap out of uh, DX, Road Dog and Billy Gunn, jumped over the barricade. like, And at that time, stuff like that didn't happen, so it was just fascinating to see. Um, and then I had Shane McMahon showing up on WCW, and he's like, hey, I bought this shit. Money, money, money. Like, Those were probably the three biggest memories I had of wrestling. It's pretty or cool. Early memories, I guess you could say. I, and it's funny. we've, I know me and uh, – I don't know if you got to meet Richard when I came up because you and I even barely got a chance to talk. Right, uh, right. But uh, Richard was with me. He's a friend. I've known him for about 10 years now, and uh, when he can, he'll come on with me and talk and things because sure. he's just – Super fan. He's been a fan since you know, early to mid '80s when the boom started happening, and it's cool just to talk. And obviously, look, we're talking wrestling, and it's cool whenever you find like-minded people. And um, he and I just talked a couple weeks ago about the Chris Jericho debut, and I would still say it might have been that might be the loudest reaction I've ever seen for anybody debuting. Oh. That's even counting like the Road Warriors coming back and stuff like right. that. Right. Oh, it's so good. Like the build-up was just. Amazing. 
Did you watch his episode on the Monday Night Wars on the network? I did. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And so uh, was... especially like the fact that uh, he was even so humble about it too, because like he was like, I didn't know like people were interviewing about this and whatnot. Like he didn't realize like how hot he was back then. So it was cool, man. I'm a big Jericho fan. Absolutely. I'm gonna ask you a question. Part as fan, part as as performer. Do you think that in 19, I think it was 1999, no, he debuted in 99, carried into 2000. Mm-hmm. In late 2000, um, when he beat Triple H, I think it was on SmackDown, and they did the reverse finish. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. Do you think that that kind of handicapped him going forward, or do you think that they uh, did all they could? Um, I, From like a performer standpoint, you could kind of be like, ah, oh, it's Triple H, this bullshit, blah blah blah. But um, as a like fan, it made it mean that much more when he did win, like, and he got the title, and especially when he became the first ever undisputed champion, like, it made it that much better. Right on. So. Okay. Sure. No. No problem. Um. Yeah. Because what was it? it? Was what like September, October, maybe? No, nah, maybe I'm. Maybe I got my dates mixed up, but was it like mid to late 2000? I think so, yeah. And then or it wasn't terrible with dates, so that's all, right. all right. And then it was like uh, like December 2001 when he finally won the big one. So yeah, um, you know that's another question. You know, a lot of people give the McMahons or give Triple H crap and things like that. And just being a fan of wrestling, um, someone who's actually experience the inner workings of promotion and companies and, and working with other people and you know, even politics. People think politics is always a bad thing. Politics is just w- learning to work with people and learning how to, you know, you know what I mean? It, so it's not always a negative connotation, but someone who's, you know, been around that sort of thing, do you think he gets maybe uh, a lot of flack that he shouldn't get because people just don't know any, any different? Yeah, I would say that absolutely. I was thinking about this earlier too, actually, funny enough. Um, because I've had people politic for me before uh, where something just wasn't going the way it should have and had someone put in a good word, like, who, you know, knows more, a.k.a. Congo Kong, my trainer, um, who puts in a good word and things get changed around for the better. Um, but, yeah, man, like, Triple H gets a lot of shit and everyone talks about his big old nose burying people left and right. And I think definitely, like, from what everyone says, NXT is all his, like, child. And look how hot NXT is. NXT is way better than anything you see on TV. And if that really is all him, then I tip my hat to him, man. Because NXT is what I like to see most every week compared to Raw or SmackDown. Right. So. And, and and with my schedule, I never watch SmackDown uh Richard and I talked about this too. It's funny a couple weeks ago how SmackDown for so long, you know, even if it's not the case now, I haven't watched it in a while. But even if SmackDown is different now, it just became the Raw recap show, and it almost wasn't worth watching. You know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, the uh, when they had the split brands and they had the draft and they had two different Money in the Banks, two different Elimination Chambers, two different titles, and they were all like brand exclusive. You had like your main storylines, your main money makers on Raw that people would, would tune into, want to see obviously the John Cena, Randy Orton, CM Punk. But you go watch SmackDown and you got you had guys like uh, Dolph Ziggler and Zack Ryder busting their ass every night and the wrestling itself on SmackDown was just killing Raw. But you know, all the picture perfect baby faces were just all the t- all the top dogs were just over on Raw, so that's what everyone paid more attention to. And interestingly enough, you know, shortly after they first split the roster, we'll get back to you in just a second. I uh, just I feel, like I said, we like talking wrestling. It feels <laughs> that's good. fine, man. It's okay. But uh, but no, man, when they first split up the rosters, everyone not everyone, a lot of people hated it, uh, bitched about it publicly. I, I disagree but, with that it, so it, much. I don't understand why. Well, I don't know. It's, it, people bitch about anything. I mean, of well, course. Of course. This time last year, it was Daniel Bryan needs to be champion, and then as soon as he's champion, his 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 uh, story is boring because now he's facing. Did people really bitch about that? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 
There was people because he came out of WrestleMania with this hot streak, and then what was it Kane? He fought Kane at Extreme Rules, and then they were heading up to the next pay per view, and people were like, "Oh wait, this again, Kane? This is boring." Yeah, I because I, it's Kane. That's the only reason I yeah. think personally. Yeah, but I also remember I think mid two thousands when I first started getting on the internet with talking to people. Man, you know, people were saying John Cena is the guy. This guy needs to be pushed. He's the next Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Uh, like three months after he wins the title, it's man, this guy's boring and bland. Oh, God, um, that's the biggest uh, Roman Reigns' biggest problem right now. Yeah. Last year, Sur- so what's this is 2015, 2013 Survivor Series eliminates four people out of five, going in hot, goes into the Royal Rumble, beats Kane's streak, and eliminates what 13 people, right? And then this year, like, it doesn't win. Things draw out. He stays with the shield character, and everyone uh, like everyone sees that he's kind of stale, kind of boring, not that great. And then this year, people are all pissed off that he won the rumble, which I agree. Like, I mean, you can't have da- Daniel Bryan win every year, as much as people might want it. But last year, Roman was super hot. Right. It was his time. I think personally, he should have won the rumble in 2014 because he was hot. It was his time. This year, like people are catching on because he's been doing the same shit, doing the same shield gimmick compared to his former brethren, who Seth Rollins has gone on to the authority, money in the bank. Dean Ambrose is the lunatic going with Wade Barrett, always putting on good matches and stuff. So, but yeah, man, people are always gonna bitch. Absolutely. Now, how do you put up with that as a performer? Do you do you try to constantly be, you know, retooling as you go and, and introduce different things so you oh, have different dimensions? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I I got a I have a notebook. I got a good a full page of like shit written down that I was ready to talk about tonight. Uh, it's all right, man. Let it rip. Cody Rhodes is the, like probably my biggest inspiration because of that because his character is always like developing and evolving and he's never stale. And he's at, like and he's even one of my most favorite performers in the ring. Like everything he does is really good. He's technical and he wants to be. He's all around entertaining. But yeah, his character is just always developing and it's like he almost knows the right time to switch gears. Right. And that's why I think Cody Rhodes will be around for for quite some time at least. I it, he said something the other night, man. It was um, I'm trying to remember what it his was. His raw, his post raw promo was stupid good. He uh, he's like, of course he's like illiterate about it. He's like, I got one word for you: get the attitude out. And he's talking about Big Show yeah. and Kane and Gold Dust, like how these guys don't need to be around anymore, and how like. He's like, oh, it's just so good. He's he's awesome all around. I did, I did hear about that. Um, and, and another thing we've talked about before too is, uh, I think I joked a couple weeks ago. And with all due respect to Kane and Big Show, those guys are there for a reason. They're respected. They're dependable. They yeah. plug them in and, and they do what oh. they do with them. But from just an overexposure standpoint, I wish those two would would wrestle in a winner and loser leaves town match because <laughs> I think I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like, uh, uh, you know, it's funny, man. He said something. Maybe it was on the pay per view to Dusty. He said, "I was doing great in my career, making my own name, and then you handcuffed me to this guy." Yeah, that's right. Talking about yeah, Goldust, like you put me with him and stuff. And yeah, dude, it was awesome. Like Cody, like it's almost so good. That you think like it could potentially be like real, like shoot right. behind the scenes type stuff, right? Because he just like he's got a good point. Like you have these guys who are still kind of straggling. Like I mean, Big Show's like a light switch when it comes to you know good guy, bad guy. Which sometimes when he's bad, when he's heel, bad guy, whatever you want to call it, he's awesome, fantastic. Like when he when he was with Jericho, and one of the last times he came around and was heel, and like. One of the last times he had recently turned heel, he was almost like an indie guy because of how much crap he would talk to the fans during his match. Right. Which you don't see a lot of guys in the Fed do. No. So it was awesome for to see him do that and just 
gets so much more of a reaction because of it, because he was involving people like we do on the indies. It's funny. I heard you know two examples of that. One, um, Steve Carino did an interview a couple years ago, him and Terry Funk with RF, mm-hmm. and uh, he mentioned he went up there for a tryout, and he was in the ring, and you know he was going back and forth with the crowd while he was working, and he went backstage, and someone said, that's not the right type of heat we want. And then, I'm trying to remember who else it was, Sean O'Hare. I was a huge fan of Sean O'Hare. And I liked he, him a lot too, absolutely. Yeah, and then especially when he was doing that Devil's Advocate type thing. But uh, I just, it was really cool, and then I watched him on Velocity one night thinking, why isn't this guy doing more? And then he was in the ring, and he was one of the few guys I noticed that would, you know, he'd be in the ring, and he'd be doing his thing, and then he'd turn, and he would actually, you know, acknowledge that the crowd was there. Yeah, man. Not a lot of guys do that. So not a lot of heels do that. You know, they just kind of cheat and wrestle dirty to get people to dislike them. But I like me per se. When all I have to do is like, I don't tell the crowd to shut up. I just sing to them, (laughs) rather rather than like get in my opponent's face and sing to him. Why would I do that when I can go sing to a bunch of other people who it's gonna? I would rather make fifty people mad than the guy I'm beating up. You know. Right, and it, and it makes sense too from an ego because if, if you're – and again, I'm, I'm not in the business. I don't pretend to be an expert. That's why I have you guys on. I ask you the questions. Yeah. But from a psychology, a basic human psychology standpoint, if you are <laughs> the karaoke god, who are you going to sing to? The one guy in the ring or all of these people that you have captive in the – you know what I mean? Exactly. Like I, like I would definitely – yeah, man. Like people – I mean IWE is a free show because we're in the TV studio. But even anywhere else, like – People pay their money. I'm gonna sing and make it, you know, a whole shebang rather than, you know, a two-man dance. I want to get everyone involved, right? Um, whether no. they enjoy it or not. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of that, uh, how did that come about? I was talking to John a couple weeks ago, and he said you were actually doing something completely different. And then, uh, either he or someone. I don't remember the story exactly, but looked at you and said, you look just like Freddie Mercury. Now, I don't know how anyone could have missed that <laughs> in the first place. But um, how, did, how did Jacob Mercury come about? Okay, so when I first broke into the business, I it was suggested to me by a promoter to do a Muay Thai gimmick character, whatever you want to call it, because like, cause my lanky, bony self, whatever, um, which I had actually done MMA for about a year and a half. I trained in Muay Thai, boxing, jiu-jitsu, so, like, I had the experience and knowledge, so I was like, yeah, I could totally do that. Why not? And I ended up doing it for a while. It was okay. It was something a little bit different. And then Douchey Mc Grow Your Mustache came around, and I was like, you know what? I'll do a mustache gimmick. Why not? So I started doing mustache gimmick. Curl, like, I had to come out with a little mirror some shows, curl my mustache, whatever. And, uh... I talked to John about getting on IWE because a lot of my friends are like uh, Cartier Brothers, um, John, a few other people I'm good friends with. Right. And like John was like, well, I got a good idea for you. I'm like, okay, no problem. And he actually took a time machine, went into the past, and convinced Freddie Mercury to impregnate a woman. <laughs> And she gave birth to this ball known as Jacob Mercury. <laughs> and John came back to the present day and gave me the ball and told me to run with it. It said, thank you. Or you're yeah, welcome. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so, yeah, John, like, John, and of course at first, like, he's like, you're just going to sing a lot. And I was like, 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 just sing? Like, I was super sketchy about it. Super sketchy. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I like the karaoke when I'm drunk, but I don't know about this. And he's like, just try it. Come on. It'll be great. It'll be great. You know, you're going to be Jacob Mercury. We're going to do this. I'm like, you know what? Okay, whatever. So I'm like, all right, all right, you know. And they're like, oh, uh, introducing for your musical entertainment, Jacob Mercury. And I'm like, well, here goes nothing. And... I just started singing, and I just fell in love with it. As soon as like hit out, hit the curtain, come out singing, a bunch of people are like, 
the fuck is this dude's problem? He should probably <laughs> shut up. Like, and it's just been it from there. Like, I have so much fun. More fun than I've ever had wrestling. Just because it really gets the crowd involved. Because I can, you know, curl my mustache or tell one person in the crowd to shut up. And other people might be like, eh, okay, he's a, he's a dickhead. But if I'm singing at the top of my lungs to everyone standing on the turnbuckle or, like, on the apron or even, like, in the crowd's face, then they're all going to jump on me. So it's just it's a lot of fun. It's a lot more interaction than I've ever had with the crowd. So, yeah, man, John gave me the ball with it, and I've just been running for the fences ever since. Cool, man. Uh, now that we know kind of how Jacob Mercury came about, um, you mentioned breaking in and who trained you, but w- when did you know, I know you said you trained MMA and have a background there, but when did you know you had to be a part of the wrestling business? I mean, when, um, when did that bug bite you that you knew, I have to do this? Probably about 13 or 14. I started off in high school. And, of course, as soon as you hit high school, they talk about college and you should do good in high school so you can go to college and make a good career and follow the system. And just, it wasn't for me. I, like, thought of a few different options, maybe some stuff I could try, and nothing nothing really appealed to me except for wrestling. Like, and you don't have to really go to college for that, so I kind of lucked out. Now, where did you say, who did you say uh, trained you? Um, at first, I was one of those self-trained assholes. Um, but I didn't do any pro shows, pro shows while self-trained. Okay. Um, and then I had a little bit of training with Briar, and he kind of told me, hey, man, go on your own. You know, like, just don't do me wrong. I'm like, do my best not to. Some shit hits the fan one day. Ah, uh, have a have a little bit of a botch fest of a match. A guy, you know, takes the liberties on me, tries to intentionally hurt me. Shit happens. Um, and I had talked to Steve Wilson, who people may know as Osiris or Congo Kong, right. about making me gear. And right around the time I was talking to him about making me gear, this whole charade happened. Um. A little bit after the Liberties thing, there was a picture of me on Facebook and a bunch of people just decided to shit on it because they wrestle once a month and have nothing better to do and their careers have never been anywhere. So they just decided to shit on an up-and-coming young guy. Happens all the time in Michigan, unfortunately. Um, That's that's, uh, the vibe I'm getting. Yeah, man. uh, It sucks. Um, But uh, yeah, so Steve... Being the great guy that he is, I came to me and was like, "Hey, man, you know, don't listen to those people. Like, you know, you want some extra training? Come on down." Invited me down after you know, like I asked him to make my gear. Which, if you ever need gear made, go see Steve Wilson, Congo Kong, Osiris makes the best shit around. Uh, also, has one of the best schools around in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Body Slam University, and. Uh, He's taken care of me ever since, man. He's been a good friend, a good person to me in and out of the business. Definitely has helped me learn more um, as a human being as well as a performer. So it's uh, it's nice knowing that there's still some good people in the business. Right on. Right on. Um, let's see. I was going to ask you something else, but... Um... What do you? I'm not as familiar with MWO. I've seen a couple of shows. I, I've yeah. seen some because talking to the Cartiers, I saw some of their stuff. Uh, and then I know you guys had right. a big double shot this past weekend, and uh, Tim kind of. If uh, if Fat Tony's listening, I'm. I was wondering why he kept asking me why I wasn't going, and then <laughs> I found out what happened at the show. So um, I'm not not glad that I missed that, but. Um, you had the big bunkhouse stampede. You had a double shot weekend. Yeah. What's do you do, Jacob Mercury, the singing stuff in MWO? I do, yes. Because I saw. Do you go by Jacob Braun or do you go by Jacob Mercury in MWO? 
MWO, I go by Jacob Mercury. I, I could have sworn I saw uh, an announcement that you made where you were still going by Jacob Braun a couple couple days I ago. Might, like, I still have a Jacob Braun page, so I might have posted something on there about uh, Jacob Mercury. I still do that sometimes. Um, as soon as I am able to kill off Jacob Braun in the like one or two places that I am Jacob Braun, I'm going to convert my Braun page over to my Mercury page so it can all be one. But yeah, I'm Jacob Mercury there, which I, John, the, my first MWO show was probably in September, I believe. And uh, I just went there. I didn't have a show or anything. So I went there to hang out and like possibly get a match. And uh, Levi Blue, who's uh, been around in Michigan for quite a while wrestling, great guy, love him to death. Uh, I met him at a few shows up in Saginaw at a... Uh, I think it was Apex back then. Um, and he was there that day coming back to MWO, and he specifically asked to work with me because we had known we had talked a few times in the locker room and stuff. So I was like, okay, cool. And John's like, well, you're going to beat Jacob Mercury? And I'm like, all right, John, all right. And just, so, yeah, MWO, I decided to be Jacob Mercury, and it's been fantastic. I had a great match with Levi Blue. Um so, yeah, TV studio for MWOs on TV gets a good reaction to me obnoxiously singing. <laughs> um, you and Chris Jericho in a karaoke contest. Who wins? Oh, shit. Um, I mean, he's a Ayatollah of rock and roller, <laughs> but I think I might know some jams that he might not be as good at. So I, I think I could take him in a karaoke contest. Live, I wanna, co live concert, he probably mopped the floor with me. But I want to, I want to book that. I know Eric Bischoff and Bruce Pritchard did like a face-off type uh, debate a couple months ago. I want to book Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll, versus Jacob Mercury, the karaoke god. With uh, is Man Mountain Rock still around playing guitar? Rocky Shocker? No, 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 no. I'll talk to you about Rocky Shocker. Oh shit! Okay, my no, bad. Man Mountain Rock. He was. Um, was it Max Payne in WCW, and he came out in WWF, and he played the big WWF guitar in, like, 1995? Oh, God. Uh. I, I don't remember much about him. I just remember Vince going, man, mountain rock. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is that? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a good question. Someone should someone should look into that. So where the hell did Rocky Shocker come from? He and I are following each other on Facebook, or on uh, Twitter now, which is interesting, but... Um, um. He just seems like the craziest guy. <laughs> Rocky Shocker is one of the best guitarists I've ever known. He actually won a trophy that says, better than Brett Michaels. <laughs> so, he's a real deal. I mean, not a lot of people like his experimental play, but we're a good band. It's cool. Now, how, how did you and Mr. Positive and Rocky Shocker all kind of come together? Um, well, I mean, Rocky Shocker, you know, playing the guitar, doing his thing. He needed a little bit more of a front man. And when John introduced Jacob Mercury, we decided that it'd be best to form a band. And then we we needed a rock manager. So we picked one of the, you know, one of the best managers around, Mr. Positive. And that's it, man. And it's funny, all three of you have kind of morphed together, and I've seen yeah, some... like super oddball, but it it kind of works. Yeah. Um. Now you got barred from singing in the uh, Mac TV studios the last time I was up there. How's that going to play out next month when you guys have your next show? Uncle Hector's a dirty bastard, <laughs> and cheated in that match. Um, I don't know. I mean. Who else is going to sing my entrance song as well as I do? No one. Certainly so, not Uncle Hector. He can't even speak. No. God. Uh, you know, Uncle Hector is an interesting feller. He's uh, <laughs> Uncle Hector, straight out of Mexico. I mean, if you listen to the guy talk, good grief. Mm -hmm. And he claims to be from the good old USA. Now tell me, when people chant USA at me as if it's an insult... I don't understand because I'm from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which is in the USA. 
<laughs> so I don't get why these people like try to insult me with these USA chants that they're chanting for a Mexican. The the world of wrestling is a wacky, crazy, mixed up place. <sighs> yeah, you can say that again. Uh, speaking of the world of wrestling, I know you're a big Chris Jericho fan. And it's funny, man. I was going through my notes before I hooked up with you tonight. I wrote down that note about you and Chris Jericho in the karaoke contest before you even mentioned how big an influence he was on you. So that's uh, some strange stuff. Dude, but yeah, man, definitely. I'm just yeah. One of I like just how over the top he is. Like is definitely what influences me the most about him. Because like I of course he's great in the ring, just all around phenomenal entertainer. But just how like especially his. Uh, heel turn in late WCW and when he came into WWF he excuse me was just over the top theatrics and it just made him look like a million and ten bucks all around and that it definitely inspires me to try to you know be that much of an explosion 24/7 and you know what's funny you mentioned Cody Rhodes being just a multifaceted yeah, individual. Jericho's the same way. What I find interesting about him is he always kind of plays himself. He doesn't seem like he's that far off from his character. Yeah. But there's so many layers and dimensions. Like when he first came in, he was kind of a goofball and mm -hmm. he's a great technician and, and whatnot. But then he's kind of a goofball and then he just went full on, you know, asshole and aligned with Stephanie McMahon and then he kind of came out of that and, uh, it just there have been so many different layers to him. It's just it's incredible for someone who plays it that close. Oh, to absolutely, yeah. I mean, just forever changing, and you could essentially you could treat him like Big Show and make him good guy, bad guy, good guy, bad guy, back and forth. And I don't think it it would ever get boring, just because of how like diverse he is. Now, you mentioned Cody Rhodes. You mentioned Jericho. That plays into one of my questions I usually ask. But how are you on time, by the way? Oh, I'm good, man. Golden. Because okay. I know we got started a couple minutes late, but I'm watching the clock just to make sure. Um, I, Whenever I tell people it's about an hour, right, or 45 minutes to an hour, I never want to go over in case they got something going on. So, I got nothing. You're good, man. No worries. All right. Um, I'm going to start that question over and then cut. <laughs> All right. Um, you mentioned Cody Rhodes and Jericho, which it plays into a question that I usually ask, you know, people that come on the show is what three wrestlers from any era would you like before you hang it up, what's your bucket list? Like what three guys would you want to get in there with? And you said Cody and Chris, you can add another two since you've already done that, but you know, from any era. Any era. Um now I know uh Bruiser said said uh Mr. Perfect, so I won't take that one. Okay. Uh uh, Chris Benoit, absolutely. I, I don't know if we're allowed to mention his name on here. Yeah, yeah we, we don't have <laughs> um, big years. I know a lot of people are super sensitive about him still, but uh, just Chris Benoit was definitely my ultimate favorite growing up. Like just, and of course, like he wasn't very charismatic, and he didn't have some obnoxious character or anything, but just his ring, like his ring presence and his work ethic and he was just awesome. I would love to get in the ring with Chris Benoit. Um another one I would probably say Oh man. God, Rick Rude. I was a big fan of Rick Rude. A lot of his work I enjoyed. He's awesome. Yeah, he and he definitely um was one of the first guys to play up the whole like sexy boy kind of deal, and he rocked an awesome mustache. So I was just gonna say that. that, that absolutely. Um. Yeah, I think those would be guys out of like different eras. Um, as far as like current era, uh, guys, I think I would have a good time working with a lot of fun. Uh, Kenny Omega, I'm a big fan of his work. Uh, he's a huge Japanese guy. Um, uh, Matt Seidel, Evan Bourne. I think we could have a really good, really good uh, entertainment, showboating, sportsmanship, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think uh, present day guys, uh, Kenny Omega would probably be my number one. I'm a big fan of his. 
I saw him. I'm trying to remember when Ring of Honor. It was maybe Dearborn in 2009. I'm thinking they ran a show. Yeah, I was gonna say later. Yeah, I think like later, mid to later. Yeah, like yep. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, me and Rich were there with. Um, I don't know if you've ever met Cole Resort. Um, he's a friend of ours. He's been on the show. I don't know if he's really a friend of anybody's. <laughs> <laughs> It's, we have those too. They're called Ricky Cartier. It's all right. No problem. Ooh, ouch. Yeah, I like Ricky. He's a, he was nice to me. But uh, uh, anyway, Cole, Cole, if you're listening, and if you're not, you son of a bitch, you should be. Uh, anyway, uh, we went to the show in Dearborn. I got to see Kenny Omega up close for the first time. I wasn't really like he. I never say. I try not to say I'm not impressed with someone because everyone tries hard. Most people try hard. Yeah. And you know, just. And I, I said this a couple weeks ago, just getting in the ring, taking the few bumps I did, and feeling how awkward it is to run the ropes and try to keep your balance. And, you know, I try not to say, well, this guy doesn't try. This guy sucks. He should do this. But just uh, character-wise in the ring, I just really couldn't get into Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. And then I saw Wrestle Kingdom 9. Oh, God. And I still haven't made it through uh, the main event matchup yet, but... Man, I was really impressed. He's really just oh, become... It's awesome. like he's on a whole other level now. Which, it's funny that I shit on Ricky Cartier because he said, like, the same thing. He's like, you know, he was in ROH, and I was like, meh. And then I watched his Wrestle Kingdom 9 match, and I was like, holy hell. And I was like, dude, Kenny Omega's, like, legit. I was looking up matches uh, on YouTube of his not too long ago, and, like, I watched him versus uh, Prince Devitt, which is now Finn Balor in the Fed, from... Right. A uh, few years back, uh, him versus El Generico at another like indie show. Like Kenny Omega's, uh, I've always been a good fan of his man. He does really good stuff. Yeah, I, I was really enjoying it, and even the little things, you know, that matter. Like I think I don't know what he calls it, but he, uh, Jr. and uh, Matt. Yeah, like buzzsaw thing he does. Yes. The, he's like, oh, I shaved my arms two days before the show. <laughs> So the uh, the chainsaw because he even revs this shit up right, like a chainsaw. Right. That's awesome. Right. Oh my like, god. So obnoxious. It's hilarious. But but if you've ever and I don't know if all a lot of wrestling fans have have ever tied up with anybody or uh, had physical contact with anybody. You know I used I, I did some I didn't wrestle on the team but I, I did some camps and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played football in high school, played basketball, and if you're physical against someone who's shaved, <laughs> not saying that he would blind you with his forearm, but my God, it just it's funny because when you think about it, it's like, oh my God, yeah, man. that would suck. It does. But um, So are you into Japanese wrestling and Ring of Honor too? Are you just a student of the game, fan of everything? Um, I try to watch everything. I'm really bad when it comes to watching wrestling. I'll admit that. Um, I watch stuff here and there. Um, like Bruiser said, I, it's funny because I relate to Bruiser a lot when it comes to wrestling, surprisingly, considering like we've only done one show together and hung out like in one car ride together to IWE and back. But uh, yeah, man, like uh, stuff that's indie-rific, as they say, quote-unquote, um, like I can't always get into it. Like, some of the stuff they do is awesome and phenomenal, and some of the matches they have are great, but, like, I don't think I can watch it, like, all the time. Like, I have to watch some, like, old, like, 80s-style type shit, right. you know, like, or even 90s stuff that's more slowed down. I get you. Now, speaking of that, um, what do you th- what's your opinion? Uh, I'll phrase this a little more delicately. Are you a fan of the Young Bucks? Um, I haven't really seen much of their work, to okay. be honest. All right. I've seen uh, a little bit. Um, not enough to make a judgment. Okay. But so yeah, I can't really say. I know um Aaron Orion, who's another good dude. He's uh I believe he's stationed in Georgia right now. I worked with him at MWO in like November or December, and he likes that stuff a lot more and he was like yeah man one of my dream matches would be to like work with the young bucks you know like so you know some some guys in the business are like that's what they strive for that's the kind of wrestling they want to go to and achieve and Aaron Orion's turned me into a little bit of a believer I like to now like a little bit like to go like go 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 right 
but some the like sometimes I just you know got to make sure it stays slow. So. Sure. Uh, and that's one thing that I think John and I talked about, and one thing that Cartier's and I talked about is with um, technology, with MWO, with IWE, with having uh, exposure across the country, uh, and I talked about this a little bit in a, a short audio that I posted today or yesterday about Samoa Joe because it was announced that he was leaving TNA. Yeah. Uh, and that he's made some, some uh, announcements about appearing in Ring of Honor, which I think is going to be pretty cool. But... Uh, it's funny because I mentioned certain guys don't fit certain styles, and I, and I don't think I think some people misconstrue that as saying, um, you know, maybe they're not good enough to be in WWE. I don't know if that's the case. I just think, you know, the wrestling business has always had different territories, different styles in different areas, and I think Joe fit in more with TNA and fits in with that Ring of Honor style, and I think WWE has their version of Joe in Rusev. So as long as they've got that, then, you know, but on the flip side, you mentioned NXT, and they're starting to bring in Rhino and Spanky or Brian Kendrick. and Yeah, that's really interesting to see. I never thought I'd see Rhino down in NXT. Let's hope there's no potted plants around. (laughs) (laughs) Rhino's a cool dude. I've done a few shows with Rhino. He's a nice guy, absolutely. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it was just really random. Um, Samoa Joe... When I first saw his work, when he first got in with TNA, I wasn't a big fan because, I, I mean, my knowledge of wrestling back then was a lot, you know, shittier than what it is now. Not that I know everything now or anything, of course. Sure. But, um, so, like, I was like, eh, like, I was skepti- skeptical about him. Um, I haven't seen too much of his recent work, but... A lot of people seem to be making a big deal about him, like going to ROH and potentially going to WWE. Um, if, from what I remember, I I don't I guess size wise he might be like slightly comparison to Rusev. I think Rusev probably a lot more mass. Right. Um, but I think Rusev has the ability, or at least is more used to working at a slower like WWF pace than Samoa Joe would be. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I think it's I think it's like this the scenery change and going back uh, to where he kind of had his initial run, and I think that's more why I think people are excited. Let's be honest, he's you know what near forty. He's Samoa Joe is holy shit. Yeah, he's in his mid to late thirties, like thirty six, something like because even AJ Styles. Yeah. AJ, AJ's thirty six or thirty seven. Bobby Roode, everyone still says, is the future of wrestling. He's like thirty seven, thirty eight. I see. Holy shit. So you know, you got all these guys that maybe ten years ago had an opportunity to go to WWE and see what they could do. And again, you know, maybe that's another reason. Someone mentioned Triple H was interested. I heard this rumor. Triple H is interested in giving Joe um, an extended run, an extended tryout, like a tryout run in NXT. Hmm. He was a fan and uh, wanted to see what he could do, but again, you know, these guys are that window of opportunity is closing for some of them. So I, I don't necess- I don't know if people are necessarily thinking, oh, Joe's going to go turn it up in Ring of Honor. I think it's just here's the guy who was their homegrown star, who had the the reputation, who some people feel like you know maybe was mismanaged or whatever. That's people's opinion in TNA, yeah. uh, and then now he's going back to where he started. Now there's a new fresh group of guys that he can go work with, and I think that's I think it's just a yeah. change of pace, you know. Um, and uh, I just said something. Oh, uh, Chris Saban's been back on the Indies for a little bit now, and there's an even uh, there's even an interview with him, and he's like, you know, my goal is to make it to WWE still. Like I did my time in TNA, like it was cool. Uh, I'm you know, wrestling consistently now on the indies, but yeah, ultimately I still want to go to WWE. That's that's where everyone wants to end up, man. And, and I think with NXT being how it is and how they're now starting to use guys like Rhino and Spain, or, uh, Brian Kendrick, and I think that's going to... What? Are you laughing because I keep saying Spanky? Fucking Spanky, man. You know what's funny is I knew him as Brian Kendrick before I knew him as Spanky, but for some reason that name just sticks every time I try to say Brian Kendrick. I, thought, I said that if Cena won the U.S. title at Fastlane, he had to bring the spinner back, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, that spinner title was sweet. It was a lot better than the WWE title that was a spinner. Yeah, yeah, that is true. 
because they, they changed the whole design. It was like round and yeah. I, you know what, man? Sometimes things come along and it fits a certain time period, and then when that time period's gone, because remember, man, that was during like Pimp My Ride. That was when everyone had yeah, spinners. that's for sure, absolutely. And especially with that gimmick, it, it just it fit. And then once it, I think, I think wrestling fans, especially like the more hardcore fans, were willing to let it slide with the U.S. title. Yeah, for sure. And then when it when it hit the WWE title, it was like, oh, okay. yeah. I liked uh, RVD once he won the WWE title while he was ECW title, uh, or ECW champ. Sorry, uh, like they're doing a backstage thing, and he's like, they're like, oh, two titles, and he's like, yeah, man, I got two, and he's like, look, it spins, and does this ridiculous <laughs> like stoner laugh, like high off his mind kind of laugh. And I'm like, right on, RVD, right on. That, that, yeah, I remember that. The one, the other thing I remember about that too is, you know, people can say this is done on purpose or if it was just lack of foresight. They didn't have an ECW title made up, so word has it that the reason that there's two titles is someone ran to like the replica stand where the merchandise was and just picked up one of the replica ECW belts and gave it to him. And if you go back and look at that, you can see like the WWE titles like big and thick and heavy and like real looking and then you have like this tiny ECW <laughs> oh, real thin uh, maybe I'll try to watch that that's funny yeah I, I just remember thinking it would look weird but um, is there anything else you wrote down that you wanted to talk about that was important to you um no I just have a bunch of uh, dates written down I guess alright man um where can people see you coming up and, and follow you and whatnot? Just roll it, whatever you got. All right, so as we talked about earlier, Facebook, Jacob Mercury Rising, all one word. Uh, Twitter, J Mercury Rising, all one word. Show's coming up. Um, of course, I think this show's going to drop next week, so the show will be over by then. Uh, New Generation Wrestling, uh, February 28th in Crawfordsville, Indiana. Uh, IWE March 7th in Mount Pleasant. We have MWO on TV in Lake Orion on March 14th. Jacob Braun will be at Functified Wrestling uh, March 21st in Warsaw, Indiana. The next day, we come back to MWO at the City Flea Market in Flint March 22nd. Uh, MWO again on the 28th in uh, Burton at the NTC Church. And then MWO's WrestleRama, big old WrestleRama show, going on at the Birch Run Expo Center, April 12th. Uh, hopefully IWE, another April date. Uh, hopefully April 18th. And then if conflicting schedules don't happen, you'll see me at Pro Wrestling King on April 25th in Indiana. Wow, man, you show, you're you're hitting it. <laughs> I, yeah, man, I got a lot of dates. I, I wrote them all out, and I was like, fuck. No, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, man, uh, yeah. a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm doing mine from the comfort of my home studio, but um, I remember I talked to John, so this is nothing compared to having to drive everywhere, but uh, I was talking to John that one night, and I was like, dude, if you know anyone who wants to be on, he's like, hey, I'll post it, and I'll see what happens. And that very night, I had like five or six people go, hey, I want to be on. Hey, let's talk. Hey, what's up? And I did, I was like, all right, Mr. Positive this day, Ricky Cartier this day, Fat Tony this day, this guy right. this day. And then I sat and I looked at my calendar. I'm like, dude, for a guy that does this <laughs> once a week, holy shit. <laughs> and then uh, schedules kind of got weird, and it was cool that Ricky and, and, and Tony were able to get together. But um, yeah. yeah, it's interesting that they end up splitting up this this weekend, I heard. Yeah, I don't know. They uh they had some beef during the bunkhouse brawl, which um it was a lot of fun. It's, I'm sorry, uh, I'm sorry. You mentioned the Cartiers and you said they had some beef. Beef, so. yeah. I mean, dun, dun, dun. on Saturday at MWO on TV, uh, someone made a sign for Campbell, and it was Campbell versus Fat Tony, and. Tony grabbed the sign from the fan member, and I thought he was going to eat it for a minute. <laughs> I was convinced that he was just going to take a big old bite, and he didn't, thankfully, because I don't think eating paper is probably that healthy. So, <laughs> But, yeah, man, I guess they're having their brotherly conflicts. 
but, you know, well, I guess we'll see how it plays out. Uh, they're both bugging the MWO commission to get a match one-on-one -on -one at the Birch Run Expo Center for WrestleRama, so we'll see how it goes. It's probably going to be a heavy match. They're probably going to beat the shit out of each other, knowing yeah. those guys. Yeah. It's going to be a very stiff match. It'll be a lot of fun it, to watch because I won't be involved. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything kind of... Uh on the horizon for you as far as WrestleRama that you know of, or is everything still kind of up in the air? Um, Meaning, you know, I, guess, I guess I'll use this moment. Um, I called out Levi Blue before. If he wants to come back at WrestleRama and have one more match with Jacob Mercury, I'm all for it. Okay. You heard it. Challenge there to Levi Blue thrown down uh, on the program Wrestling Radio Network. Jacob, anything else, man? I think that's it, brother. I think right. we, we got some good stuff in. I think so. This is actually one of my favorite one of my favorite interviews so far. Just had a good time. Dope. All right, man. Um, I appreciate the time. I will talk to you later. Hopefully we can do this again sometime. Oh, and, absolutely, uh, man. Let me know for sure. All right, I will. All right, man. Take it easy. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. All right, please support Jacob Mercury. Uh, he's a good guy. And uh, I want to thank him again for being on the show tonight. Um, I made an announcement at the top of the show that we're going to have a special guest on next week. If we can do it and if my bandwidth can support it, which I doubt it will, we'll do a live show. It's probably going to be taped, though, and recorded, um, released later on next week. Wednesday evening, I'm set to talk with the bad boy, Bob Cook. And, uh, you know, the Cooker's got some, you know, some some truths to speak to and uh, his side of the story again I mentioned there was a, a fairly public issue with um, a wrestler who was being vocal about the business practices of WWE and not being paid royalties for being on the WWE network and um, Bob was kind of pulled into the, the national publicity of it he was trying to keep things quiet and uh, from what I know you know, be discreet and was kind of blasted in public on an interview on another podcast. Uh, I don't hold any other podcast host responsible. It just, you know, this is an issue between him and this wrestler, and I'll let him go into that and tell his side of the story. But next week, Bob will be on discussing that and his 30 years in the business. You know, I've been following Bob a little over the past year or two, and after 30 years in the business, he finally just retired last year. Bob is active in the Cowerflower Alley Club. He has, uh, I believe, the Wrestle Reunion monthly luncheon that he um, he appears at. I know he helps organize, I believe, with B. Brian Blair and, uh, and, and a host of others. And he just, if there's one thing that I have, have known just briefly in the time I've been able to talk to Bob and pick his brain a little bit, is that he seems like a, a pretty good guy. And he's been very approachable for people who have questions about the wrestling business. So this should be a very good uh very good interview, a very good episode of the show next week. So please do not miss that. Um, anything else I will want to talk about as far as current events goes, I'm going to do a couple more uh, program quickies or mobile minutes or whatever the hell you want to call them that I've been posting up. Hopefully you've been enjoying them. But, you know, Joe in, in Ring of Honor, I think we've pretty much covered. Uh, the Sting Triple H thing, we've pretty much covered. Uh, there was a rumor that did come out. Uh, by the time the show airs, this isn't going to make air anyway. So I will just cover that in a quickie. So I want to thank Jacob Mercury for being on the show again tonight. I want to thank John, IWE, MWO for any support that they've helped get us uh, in touch with guys and, and help promote our show on their pages. Uh, I want to thank Bob Cook in advance for being on the show for next week. And uh, I want to thank you guys for listening and support us. Uh, I made public mention <laughs> that the WWE Network kicks people in the face with the idea that you need to buy their product and, and all this stuff. All I ask, all I ask as the host and pretty much the engineer and producer of this podcast, this humble little podcast, is if you like us and if you listen to us, please share the links we put up on Facebook so that people can see them. Um, if you have feedback, positive or negative, comment and let us know. If there are things you want to talk about, Email us your opinions. We'll you know read them on the air. We'll talk about them. But most importantly, subscribe. Uh, 
we're on iTunes. We have the blog and the, the blog page that we use pretty much as our website hub. And we have Twitter and we have Facebook. Facebook.com slash program podcast. Twitter at WR or <laughs> program WR1. Excuse me. Uh, subscribe to the blog and just subscribe to us on iTunes, man. That way, every time you log into iTunes, not only will the newest episodes load directly to your iTunes library, but also it lets us track easier who's listening to the show, who's subscribing, uh, and it gives us immediate feedback as far as how many people download each show and listen and what we're talking about that people like and are interested in. So please, if you want to help us, if you want to hear help us reach other people and Part of the reason we do that is to help, you know, wrestlers, Jacob Mercury, John Campbell, guys in the wrestling business that are trying to make their way, trying to do good things. We want to help them as much as they help us by being on the show. And the only way we can do that is if you let people know that we're out there and that they should listen to us. So for Richard, who couldn't be here tonight, for Cole Resort, who's never around, <laughs> for uh, uh, the Glass City Saint, Jackknife, uh, for Ben Guest, who hasn't been able to be on the show because of uh, scheduling issues for all of the guests that have been on the show that thank you for tuning in and for sharing and listening and following and supporting them. And uh, for where we're going to go in the next year, I mentioned 2015. I don't like to do this, but 2015 is going to be a new year. And with some of the guests that we're having on the show with some of the new things that we're doing, some of the new content we're providing, uh, it's not going to be explosion growth, but God damn it. We're trying and, and little by little we're, we're getting more headway. So thank you guys for listening to Toledo, Ohio's hometown podcast. This is Program Podcast on the Program Wrestling Radio Network.